0: Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. (laughs) This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to episode twenty-seven of Where's My Blueprint podcast. Happy Fourth of July! Hope y'all all have a safe weekend this weekend. Be safe, have fun, do what you do. Before we get started in this episode, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. Happy hot ass summer. So this episode is brought to you by Divine Timing, as always, your one-stop shop for all things adulting. You guys can head over to the website, which is fearforme.com. Shop everything online. Put in the coupon code WMB22, save twenty-two percent on everything on the website. They're all digital products. So they're all downloadable journals, planners, things like that. You get them instantaneously on any of your devices. So save some coins and get your life. Yes. So as you all know, we start every episode with a quote. Today's quote is, don't worry that children aren't always listening to you. Worry that they aren't always watching you by Robert F. So we decided to do a small little series about parenting because we do have a resident parent on our podcast. And ooh, I, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so we are excited to get into this episode and so either or ladies and you have to pick one no bagging out would you rather bungee jump or skydive oh I actually want to skydive I do I want to skydive I want to go ziplining maybe I will go with you like I love sky my my choice will be skydiving and if you haven't ziplined we need to go ziplining we need to do skydiving again like yes i want to do those zip lining i've done several times it's amazing however comma i don't think i can purposefully intentionally tie myself to a rope and jump off or something and i also don't want to purposefully fall out of a perfectly good plane however i've done indoor skydiving so for the sake of having to choose something i will do skydiving although i didn't like that either you didn't like indoor no it was, it was a lot like of wind with me huh you went with me did i i yeah. did <laughs> i did <laughs> yes um for for my birthday, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I have a certificate. So there's a lot of wind and my brain couldn't figure out when to breathe. So I was like, I don't understand. Am I supposed to hold my breath? Because I feel like that's not safe. And then, (laughs) and I'm like, is it too much air going in my body at one time? Because I feel like that's not safe. So I didn't know what was happening. (laughs) And my brain was like, girl, what are you doing? (laughs) So yeah, I've had the experience with skydiving simulation. So for that reason, I will, I would choose that option but would i do that in real life hmm, probably not okay okay well thank you both for participating and we definitely got to get Nay at least zip lining we got to get you a zip lining boo yeah that's super fun <gasps> we should go to vegas we can do that downtown because then you if you fall? fall on you know if you fall you just fall on other people so that's cool can we have a girls trip experience and do it in new Orleans oh they have that in New Orleans they did in the movie that's true they did in the movie <laughs> it pissed all of them people <laughs> that was y'all remember that, that yeah <laughs> That's such a good movie. That was so fun. Um, Yes, I concur. Okay, back I'm down with that. I was like, I'm down with either or. Okay, so thank y'all for participating. So for this mini series, we are talking about parenting and unparenting ourselves, but I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and a big kudos to every single parent on this earth, because without you, your children wouldn't be here without you, you know, I mean, for me, I wouldn't be here because I'm pretty freaking awesome, but also like the stuff that you have given up and go, some of the things you go through that we as children may not know or be aware of just say thank you for always especially our black women holding it down i am grateful i am thankful let's get to it so lady, let's talk about y'all mamas and daddies <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which parent were you closer to, mom or dad? Early life, dad. I was very, very much a daddy's girl. Super close. we He was like my literal twin. And we were like two peas in a pod all the time. Now as an adult, I am extremely close to my mom. And I think I would be even if my father was still alive, if he was still here with us. I would still be very close with my mother because we just have always really been close. I mean, you have those years, you know, when puberty hits, where that's odd but even that wasn't terribly bad in comparison to what I know some of my other friends have experienced with their moms at that age but we're really really close yeah I think pre-pubescent, my dad I was ultimate daddy's girl like me and my daddy did everything it was a gap in puberty in high school it was definitely a gap where I was closest to neither <laughs> I think in adulthood, I am closer to my mom because we talk more and she's a little bit more open, forthcoming with feelings, emotions, thoughts, and everything else. My dad is very, what you see is what you get. (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't really share. So yeah. So for me, I was raised by my grandparents. So I was closer when I was younger to my grandfather. And even throughout my adult stages, I was closer to him until he passed away. So now it's like, I'm not as close to my grandmother, but we have a relationship if that makes sense. And so when you were growing up and you, obviously we think our parents are like the best thing ever growing up because that's all we know until we actually go to college and realize like, Hey, a lot of shit could have been different, but growing up, what was the one thing that you admired about your parents if you admired anything i feel like the maybe not the one thing but one of the things that i admired about my parents and this was probably because i was within my friend group at the time i was aware that not everybody grew up with both parents and i had both parents and so i admired their um commitment to one another and there were definitely times where it was rough and there were definitely arguments and i absolutely remember wanting to pack a bag taking me and my brother and being like y'all figure it out <laughs> we're gonna go to my grandmother's house <laughs> I absolutely remember those times but they always stuck it out even till you know my dad's final days. so from the outside looking in as far as a relationship goes that's one of the things that I admire about them um the thing that I admire most about my parents and it's probably only when I hit adulthood that this is a trait that I admire them is their faith and their commitment to their faith like with my dad Sunday morning you can't watch a list to nothing but Bobby Jones gospel. Like, ain't ain't no secular nothing. Ain't no Sesame Street, ain't no nothing. Like, until you leave for church, you are listening to gospel and looking at gospel on the TV. Like, my mama, she is one of them black women that every other word is something about the Lord. <laughs> and she will be like i don't do nothing without talking to the lord putting the lord first if you ain't on religion like that don't talk to my mama because she gonna hurt your feelings and make you mad because it's not even that she jams religion down your throat it's just that it's such an integral part of her that it just comes out and she is not ashamed in the least bit about her faith so yeah i admire that about those two that cracked me up when you you said and brought back so many memories of Sunday morning, <laughs> nothing but the gospel, nothing but praying and everything. And then you get to church, and as soon as you get home from church, it's like, okay, do what you want to do. Everybody go on. And you're like, can we just, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> One of my traits is that um, I would say I admire my grandfather's wisdom and how like some of the stuff I would ask, I would be like, oh, well, how do you know this? Blah, 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 blah. And his answers would be just could be like one one phrase or one word. And I'm just like, Ugh. and it never made sense when I was younger. But as I'm getting older and reflecting on those, I'm like, "Ooh, you were like beyond your time. Like you have all this wisdom in you and I love it. So, okay. So would you change? anything in the way you grew up i yes and no i do reflecting on it i wouldn't because i'm who i am and and how i am now because of these things however comma a lot of this knowledge i now have i could have earlier. okay let's be real but i wish i wasn't as sheltered as i was and and not that i had any like desire to be like all out and about or you know in the streets or whatever but it was just things that would have been more of a benefit like when i was in High school, like when I first got a job, like we talked about, you know, a few episodes ago, as far as like our money story, being able to know what a budget looks like and how to like what bank accounts look like and how to manage money better, that would have been way more beneficial to me had I learned that earlier when I first got my, you know, my first job or something, than when I had to learn it because at this point I didn't effed up so much when well, I got to figure something out. You know what I mean? Like things like that, and I think it was just them protecting me and keeping me there. There effort to keep me a child as long as I could and not because they just didn't want me to grow up but like I have my entire life to be an adult you're only a child for a certain amount of time you know what I mean and so just enjoy that process and what it was I think that was their version of doing it I'd probably alter that a bit more the reasoning I get the way it happened I'd probably tweak so a weird way to answer this question the thing that I would change in my upbringing is actually something that the responsibility is on myself because I feel like my parents could only parent based on the information that they were given and the time and the space that they were in. So what I would have done differently, and not to say that they didn't try to encourage and cultivate this, was understand at an earlier age the power of my voice and Speaking for what I want, what I desire, and not thinking about other people's feelings and what other people have going on. So really owning and making myself and all of my wants and desires no more. That's a really good one. I don't think that's talked about enough either. That's a really good one. I was gonna say I love that. And then for me, I think the only thing I would change is for them. I guess now after listening to you, I'm like, dang. Well, technically, it wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, it, it would be more of being okay with having a child speak because I grew up in like I said with my grandparents so it was that whole mindset of like no you're a child you stay in a child's place no you speak when you're spoken to but that quickly changed when I became a teenager and it was like I say what I want to say and, you know the rebellion stage <laughs> But having that honed in and then I do want to circle back to what you said, because I thought that was very impactful, at least for me, they were only parenting with the information and at the point of where they were able to parent. So elaborate on that a little bit more for me. So with our parents, sometimes I think we get the thought that because we came out of them and we look at ourselves as a blank slate and not realizing that you have things already pre-programmed in you. And our parents don't know that. So yes, it is up to them to create that space for us to do it. But we also have to teach them what we need as they're teaching us how to operate within the world. And I know that sounds like it's putting a lot on a child, but to kind of go along with what you're saying, take that, that shield of children are supposed to be seen and not heard. Children, you know, don't really have a voice type of situation. No, let your child speak. And they will teach you what it is that they need to parent, like what they need, how they need you to parent them. For example, my little one yesterday, we were running errands all day. When we got home, he was right up under me. Like I could not take a step without him literally latching onto my leg. If I bent down, he was on my back. First instinct would be to say, Boy, if you don't get off of me and go play or do something like that. But then I had to check myself in that moment, like, no, he is seeking that connection with you. So I let laid on the couch and I was like hey do you want snuggles and we just sat there with me enveloping him in my arms and cuddling him for like a minute or two and then he was fine and wouldn't go play so just things like that like we have to let our children open up and tell them how we need how they need to be parented so we can change what we do as well so I absolutely love that and audience you all know by now I love the way Nay parents because she's such a fucking amazing parent and like hence why this whole Entire series came came along right, but like how she said something, and I don't know if y'all picked that up. Of like she had to check herself, but in that moment of checking herself, that means she was in tune with herself, but she was also in tune with her child. And her kid is amazing, like a beautiful little little bundle of joy. And I want to expound on that because as we are three black women navigating our own adulthoods trying to figure out where we're going, but you can't, you don't know where you're going until you know where you've been, right? So understanding that, and my question to you personally, Nay, is how did you become the parent you are? Yes, but also being able to be so in tune. Um, I think first and foremost, my husband and I made a conscious decision that we weren't going to whoop our child unless there's something like serious, serious in the moment. I need to change this behavior because for one, let's get off the subject of whoopings being disciplined. They're not disciplined. Discipline is teaching. Whoopens don't teach anybody anything other than when you're mad or angry you react by causing physical pain and harm on another person to get your will. That's all a whooping does. So what it's a punishment. What we do is teach. Well, you can't teach if you don't know the lesson. So if I don't know what it is you need, because let's be honest kids, they don't do anything with malicious intent when they're one to it. Like they don't know what malicious intent is. So everything they do is out of curiosity. And if I want my child to be able to explore this world and all of its many facets, I can't tamp down his curiosity as he's growing up when he first comes into the world. So I think that kind of answered a part of it. And then another is me and my child, I've been a stay at home for the first three years of his life, 24-7 day in and day out. It's me and him. Also, i breastfed for a while. So it's having all of those like really intimate moments and crying of like, we're in this together. I'll be your big support looking into his eyes and just I say it jokingly but I mean it wholeheartedly if my child has therapy and I feel like all adults should go to therapy I never want him to bring up a situation of what he wish I would have done and what he wish his childhood could have been I want him to bring up the stuff that therapist has to pick out and be like oh so do you realize that caused you harm I never want him to explicitly say hey my mommy did x y and z and that is why I feel or have these negative thought process so in that is a lot of learning hey what is his personality hey what about his personality triggers my personality (laughs) and stopping that moment and being like but he's a child how can I move past this and get to a space that is good for the both of us so it is a lot of compromise with your child and I even brought this up to my husband the other day my child brings out the black mama in me but it's so interesting because I've never whooped him so me and my husband were talking about you could get the same results that our parents wanted by not whooping even though that was a tool they used to cultivate those actions in us but like I said they only parented based on the information they were given and the tools in which they had so I can't fault my parents for the whoopings even though let my mama tell her we only got whooped a handful of times I can't fault her for the whoopings but as I know more about myself and as time to change I can elicit that same response in my child by choosing a different way and I choose to choose a different way that was beautiful like I'm sitting here and I'm just like that was amazing to hear you say but also I'm like oh man I'm I'm actually like learning so much from you so for both of y'all what would you keep as your parents like growing up and you saw your parenting styles what's the one thing you would keep that you would be like yeah that had a huge major impact on me the way my parents the way my parents parent this way or did this so so, like I said earlier, my dad and I were really close. And as I was growing up and going through puberty and kind of trying to figure out what, like how to maneuver in the world as a teenager with new emotions and your body changing and your brain changing and just all the changes, right? And there are things that I would have wanted to feel like I would have the freedom to discuss with my parents that I didn't feel like it because I wasn't 100% sure what their reactions would be or whatever. So what my dad ended up doing is he created this written, like language and if anyone were to see it it just looks like a bunch of dots and lines right but I know all the letters in this alphabet that he created so he was like he set me down and he was like if at any point you want to discuss something and you're maybe insecure about it or you don't want mom to know or you just don't know how to say it or articulate it or what have you and you just want to be able to communicate just write it in this code and then we can have a conversation I write in this code to this day at 36 and he's been gone almost like 15 ish 17-ish years? I don't know math, but you know what I'm saying? Over a decade. And I still write in this language to this day when I feel like I just need to express myself, but I don't necessarily want it to be read or what I just, that that also just makes me feel closer to him because that's like, that's the language he and I have. So I would want to keep that, um, that, that, that openness when the good Lord grants us with children, when we, you know, expand our family, I want to be able to provide that sort of safe space for our kids. And I don't know if he ever knew it, he probably does now looking down but I don't think he ever knew how helpful that was and that also helped me to be more and to feel more confident and more free to be able to communicate very well and clearly with my mom baby this this episode is gonna wipe me out this close to freak administration got me feeling all the feels but anyway I think one thing that I am taking from my childhood is just the support you know my mom always told me and my brother like she will be our biggest cheerleader. Just don't have her out here looking stupid and giving her half of the information because let's be honest, she is a Black Mama. She's like, I can, I'll fight tooth and nail for you. Go up to the schools like any dragon. Don't have me out here looking stupid <laughs> and don't have me out here with only half the information. But I just want my child to know that even if I don't like what he does, I still support him at his core and just like, hey, you got me. I tell him all the time, it's us, it's me and you. I will slay all the dragons. As long as you have me, you'll be okay. I won't let any harm come to you while I'm in your presence. Even when he's feeling scared, I'm like, do you see mommy? Then you're okay. That was beautiful for both of y'all. So I wanted to say, I think that's beautiful for both of y'all because I'm seeing the theme of that your parents for you to send your parent, your dad gave you space. To be yourself, to give you, to allow you to express yourself, and then, nay, you're give, you're doing that to your little one. So, to your baby, he's have, he has this beautiful space to be his authentic, beautiful black young boy and living his best, free life, right? Oh Lord, and don't he do it? You've met my child, and Sunny D, you've been in his presence by now long enough, bitch. That... <laughs> but that's the beauty of he it. Don't be him. <laughs> the beauty of it because um I think we talked about this in another episode or we probably talked about it off recording times but this is the beautiful age of it really is uh being yourself being your authentic self being your true self is what's in right and so just being able to allow your your parents Sunny D and you nay, you're both of y'all allowing to have that space to be able to express yourself or for instance if you're in a meeting and you're like oh this Karen just pissed me the fuck off. Like, okay, you Sunny D can go into your code and write a code to your dad or like a letter to your dad and y'all have this whole entire communication, right? And then nay, for little man, it's a- he's able to like be able to know like, mm, let me text my mama because we, we need to talk, right? And I just think that's a valuable thing that a lot of people take for granted is being able to hold space and to be able to express yourself, which is so underrated nowadays. And my question for you Sunny D is... Are you going to pass this code down to your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that why you continue to practice? Mm-hmm. I absolutely have intentions to give that to them and like give them the alphabet and how to like write the words and to form a sentence within it and be able to, I, it's absolutely something I hope is continuously passed down through generations. Cause I just, I love it so much. It's probably one of my favorite things in the world. I love that. What do you wish you could tell your parents now that you needed when you were young? younger something that I needed back then I to trust me more and not that they didn't necessarily trust me I mean I was your like textbook good girl like grades are good graduated top 10% of my class like went to college I did all the things you know I did all the things quote unquote right however I do feel that there were some things that I wanted to that just just happens when you're a teenager that you just want to that's just part of the teenage experience or part of like the childhood experience that I would have wanted to just enjoy you know what I mean and it wasn't you know anything controversial anything like that but there was just just definitely some things that I didn't allow myself to even be around or be a part of because I didn't want to disappoint them when you when you're really really sheltered and then you're like you go off into college and there are no parents and there is no I mean you have like a class schedule but like if you don't go the world's not gonna end and blah 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 so now all of a sudden you have all this freedom you start doing dumb stuff um so because now I don't know how to act but but yeah yeah, had I, I think I just, just a tad bit more trust would, would be good. Elaborate on you said something about like you didn't want to disappoint your parents. So, the worst, one of the worst emotions that I remember feeling as a kid telling me that I disappointed him with something that I did that was like, I mean, you might as well just take my heart out and run over it with a lawnmower at that point. That was tragic <laughs> to me back then. That was just really hard because I never wanted my parents to be disappointed in me. Them being mad at me because I didn't wash the dishes last night. Okay, fine. That I can handle. Are you waking me up at one o'clock to go wash the dishes because I didn't do it the night before? Okay, fine. Like that I can handle. But doing something that's against, that's like morally, uh, that's like immoral or like um, anything to affect integrity or to damage my character or anything like that, like that's disappointing to them. Letting your parents down is hard. So as a child, do you think that was a lot of pressure on you to be like, I don't want to ever disappoint my parents? parents ever again I'm gonna be this perfect kid and that that because I'm hearing what you're saying and for me I'm like that would be so much pressure for me and a lot of anxiety yeah <laughs> I granted now I don't know if if listeners if you guys remember in way earlier episode episode six I'm a naturally anxious person anyway and I always have been this wasn't something I knew back then or had the language for at the time but okay so my thing was especially in high school I just I did not want to be a statistic. There were so many of the girls that I knew, there were friends that I had that were having these way more adult experiences than I did. And I knew that that would like crush my parents just because of how they grew up and and the, you know, thoughts that they had as far as what their wishes were for their kids, you know. And I didn't want to tarnish, (laughs) this is another thing, I didn't want to tarnish their idea of who they thought I was. So, yeah, I I was very intentional about the people I would hang out with I was very intentional about what I would expose myself to so much so that I was in everything I did choir and I was in theater and I was on a dance team and I was doing stuff at church like I had so many extracurricular activities also had a job like I had so many extracurricular activities that didn't allow me any free time to get into some dumb shit (laughs) that was granted this is after I had disappointed my parents I was like well that's not happening again so now I'm in everything to keep me busy and there were things that I enjoyed so it didn't feel like I was purposefully trying to like be the good girl and, you know, not disappoint them and any of that kind of stuff. I was doing stuff that I genuinely wanted to do, but I definitely did them knowing that these are the things that would my parents would be proud of me for being able to accomplish XYZ and to be in this play and to have a this solo or to, did I put the pressure on myself? I did. I didn't feel it at the time or at least I didn't understand my feeling that that's what it was, was pressure at the time looking back on it. Yeah. All of that was very, very intentional. What about you, Nay? Yeah. You know, my, um, my favorite anxious cousin, Sunny D. We, we have similar, <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> similar brain, mm-hmm. you know, things. And that was something else that I greatly internalized growing up is like disappointing my parents and everything else. But one day I did a little introspection. Y'all know I'd be a fan of the introspection and was like is it disappointment if these are thoughts and views and other things of what somebody else thinks that I should be and not necessarily who I am because if, the, if I'm behaving in a way that is unexpected to you but true to who I am that can't cause you disappointment and if it causes you disappointment that's disappointment based on the image that you have put me in the pedestal that you have put me in so what I'm trying to consciously parent my child as in if put in the right or wrong depending on how you look at it situation he can succumb to anything like there is nothing under the sun that I should feel like he should be too good to do because we are all an instance away from being the very worst person that we envision in our head so if you parent based on that then it kind of gives someone grace in the meantime and it kind of stops you from putting them up on that pedestal because you know that if they're given a choice, they're given a choice. They can go one or two ways. Now, granted, the tools that I impart on you, hopefully you will remember them and make a decision that is more in line of what I want you to do. But I really can't be too disappointed if you go the other way because then that means I'm projecting other things onto you that you may or may not need to have projected on you. I just want to say that was a whole entire gem because that was just beautifully stated eloquently. Stated, but also understanding the disappointment. And I say that because for me, my grandfather said the words when I was to me and my older sister. Like when I was younger, you both could never ever disappoint me. So no matter what y'all do, you won't ever disappoint me. I may be mad (laughs) at your choices, but you can't disappoint me. And so I think it's just really interesting that we're having this conversation. uh, That both of y'all have experienced this. And in my growing up, it's like I was never. I can never disappoint. So it gave me the freedom to really kind of do what I want to do and be like, oh, he. I can like go out and act a fool knowing, yes, I'm knowing the consequences and I know I'm getting in trouble when I get home, but I can't disappoint you, right? And then I wanted to piggyback on something that I think both of y'all pick up on is the exposure that you were exposed to things when you were younger that technically were supposed to be more so as an adult or like, even like you said, Sonny D, of being a quote unquote statistic. So how did that help? How did that hinder you being your expressive free self as a teenager, or even in college of having this in the back of your head of like, Ooh, I don't want to go to this party because now my parents, what if my parents find out like that tug of war? So <laughs> oh, I don't necessarily think it was a conflict at the time because I made a conscious decision to not partake in certain things. I, like I remember I was so incredibly proud of the standards that I had but look I'm looking back on it I I wanted to drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> I did it and I told myself I wouldn't and I stuck to my guns, but there was definitely that tug of war of being like really who I was, who was really just a, which I, I know now as an adult, as a more aware, sexually aware adult, that back then was just be like, people are sexual beings and you get to a point where you're sexual beings and it's wasn't, it's not as taboo and it's not as like dirty or whatever. Like that's just, that's just part of life. Like that just happens and having the right education to support when those changes happening gives people the freedom to make better choices than they would have if you're like you can't do this don't do it everybody got cooties don't touch nobody you know what I mean and then you don't do that until like you're married and I'm like that doesn't make sense So that was the only real tug of war. I didn't feel it at the time, but thinking back on it, I definitely think there was some suppression of really what I wanted to do and who I really was versus who I portrayed myself as. Yeah, I agree. I totally, you know, felt that duality between what you've been told you should do, but what you naturally have the urge to do. And I don't know, I think becoming a parent makes me quite and really explore more of my childhood and the things that, you know, I would want to give my child. So I'm saying this as he's three. <laughs> so when he's 13, it might be different, but not necessarily giving him a list of don't do this, do this, but more really trying to equip him with the knowledge and the education base and the teaching of, okay, these are your choices. These are the consequences. You if you are at this age presented with this, I support you and I have faith enough to know that you will make the best decision for you. And if you don't, we'll figure it out. But given him the space to know that I trust him to do what is in his best interest because I equipped him so much that he can make an educated decision. It might not be the decision I would make. It might not be the decision that I would want him to make, but he was educated enough to know what the consequences are even when he does stuff now and he gets in trouble I'm like you made that choice you chose to do x y and z so it's not even me who's giving you this punishment and taking your toy you are you got your toy taken away because you chose the action that would cause that to happen okay I have two questions and I'm trying to figure out which one I want y'all to answer first because Sunny D you sparked a whole entire different episode in my head (laughs) And Nay, you just segued us to our next question. Uh, I'll start off with looping back to what Sunny D was saying earlier. And please correct me if I'm hearing this wrong. It sounds like, and for both of y'all, it sounds like there's a, or there was an internal conflict of like, always want to be quote unquote, the good girl. And having that good girl status of like, oh no, I don't have sex in high school. I'm still a virgin. I'm good. And this good girl of like, oh, so when people see you, they're like, oh, Sunny D won't do that name ain't that type of girl that's a good girl that's a good girl that's a good girl and I wonder how has that impacted you both of you as today as adults of having that good girl title on your back (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so like i wore you know how superman has his s on his chest that's how i wore my virginity when i was in high school i was proud of that shit i wore it so proudly i signed like the notes because back this is pre-texting listeners okay young younger listeners this is before text messaging was a thing we wrote handwritten notes we folded them into origami shapes and we put them hold in people's hackers <laughs> That's what we did. So I remember signing these notes. Diva, the acronym Diva, and everything stood for, you know, every letter stood for something. The V was for virgin, like a virtuous or Victorious Virgin, I think is what it was. Jesus, almighty I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote I wore that proudly. And I don't even think it was until just recently, and by recently I mean like weeks ago, that I was absolutely positively convinced that my mother now knows that I'm not a virgin. (laughs) Because I never did tell her. We that stuck with me for so long because I didn't want, Again, I I was so worried about what other people, how other people perceived me and a good portion of the things that I did in my behavior in general was to still uphold that image of what other people had. And it wasn't until probably late twenties, really and truly my thirties when I was really getting into myself and just being so self-aware of who I was and accepting of all of the layers and all of the facets of a human being that I am, that I started to shed that. that. That desire to live up to other people's expectations of me and who they thought that I was. I, I did carry that for quite some time and there's nothing wrong with it mind you there's nothing wrong if that's what if that's who you are and that's the desire that you have for yourself you're that self-aware that that's how you want to live your life live your life do your thing but if you're doing it for you you know what I mean if you're doing it for other people regardless of how close those people are to you or how much you love those people at some point there's gonna be there's gonna be a battle between you wanting to be who you are and that person wanting to come out It is gonna come out at some point and you fighting to keep hold of this persona that you spent your entire life building and perfecting that's going to be a battle so just understand that that's very much a thing that can happen if you decide to continue to you know i don't know keep up with the joneses or put on whatever type of mask you want to put on it's it's exhausting you'll get over it eventually hopefully i did and i'm feeling much better about who i am as a person because i'm fine with other people not agreeing with things that i do or behaviors that i have or whatever on my own whole person i know that now so purity culture can go to the misogynistic pit of hell that it you know dwells in i feel that too many times we talk to young girls about reputation and preach that so much in their head even though they're experiencing these urges that we don't educate them on the aftermath that they are so trying to wrestle within themselves and end up succumbing to i rather now granted i do have a son i don't have a daughter but if i had a daughter i would rather her educated on the choices that she makes with her body as opposed to the reputation that I would want that I would want for our family I would want her to be honest within herself and be honest with herself because within honesty you have confidence (laughs) and let her know that I will support her and we will support her no matter what so yeah that good girl image that whatever it it, it can go like I want you to be honest and well educated and we'll figure out the rest yeah, that's an episode right there I was about to say I'm over here right now so <laughs> um but no you both hit on something that I think is so interesting of like having the quote-unquote this good girl image not wanting to disappoint your parents having this be on your back you know and Just trying to this battle of like, I'm trying to not disappoint or live up to my parents' expectations, but sometimes their expectations is not even who I am. And now I'm an adult trying to figure out as y'all can go and listen to this episode, episode five of discovering who I am. Right. And really trying to segue this internal conflict of like, I'm trying to be me, but my parents are still here. And I don't want, I don't, I'm trying to live up to their expectations, but I also want to live my own life. Right. So what is the, I guess the question I'm asking is how have you had to reparent yourself in this whole entire conflict, or as Nate said, duality of living, being the person, that good girl, that expectation for your parents, but also being true to who you really are. I'll take it. Um, Listen to episode five for more on how I did this, but I think it really is being honest with yourself on what resonates with me. What do I hold true for myself? And what has another person put on me and discarding that? And I think it comes a time in adulthood when you actually introduce yourself to your parents which is a beautiful thing when you take all the frosted rose-colored glasses when you take off and you reject explicitly to them everything that they place on you and you say no this is who I am you can love and accept and adore this version of me but I am no longer operating in the child that you wanted me to be like you may have knew the child me but this is the adult me and love her welcome her accept her y'all i'm sorry i almost fell out my damn chair did you hear what she said she literally said i just think of the jay-z song let me reintroduce myself my name is hope age to the ob but coming in and going to your parents like let me reintroduce myself i'm me bitch well don't call your mama no bitch especially if you got a wow (laughs) ma'am that ain't gonna Get you, the reaction you want, you they can't go there. That much confidence, no, okay, ma'am. Don't go Rain in there. Our parents in. are still I black. I know, I was like, let me ring it in. I still got a black parent. Sure. <laughs> that would have been by the time I even got the itch out, I would have been on the floor as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your teeth missing and everything right but ain't no more you you unconscious so you don't know you and your parent don't know you wake up with amnesia who am i Mm -mm. but let's not let that go over y'all's head of introduce yourself to your parent because i'm thinking of like my psych background of like we shed who we are like we physically shed our skin but also we shed the past people we were in order to grow into the one that we ultimately ultimately become but to reintroduce yourself to your parent I just find it fascinating because my, my mind is like well how would you do this how would you tell a young adult who finally found their way and they don't even have to be an adult it could be a um a child uh, or a teenager that's like I know this is me but it's it's mixing with your expectations <laughs> How do I reparent? So I've just, I've really just had to have like real conversations with my mom and about like how I view things and things that I want to accomplish and where I feel I'm lacking or missing in certain areas and try to do that with, with all of the grace in the world number one and without blame necessarily you know what I mean because obviously this is a conversation on how I grew up and how I'm evolving as an adult and that's in a direct relation to how I was parented so like I don't have to say because you xyz like that's not the language that I want to have when I speak with my mom at the same time I'm not afraid now to have real conversations and be like listen I'm going to speak and I need you just to listen and then if you have something to say after i'm completely done and then we can break down or discuss or whatever but at this point i just need you to be an ear because my mother probably like many likes to like jump in and correct because she's always mom you know what i mean she's always mom i don't care how many mortgages you done paid in your life how many bills you got in your name she's still mom (laughs) and she will always jump in as mom so i've had to tell her you know or ask her like yo i have I just I want to talk about something I just want to be able to say what I got to say and then after we can debrief and break that down or whatever and that's really helped kind of put things out on the table and see where maybe some lessons that had really good intention didn't have the effect or the follow-through that it did because again your parents only parent with like they say with what the information they had at the time and with where they they themselves were at the time you know what I mean it's not their fault they did the best that they could with what they had and Once that's a realization that you have in relation to your parents, then you start looking at your childhood a bit differently. You start looking at their experiences as parents a bit differently and your experiences as their child a bit differently and really approaching that with with a lot more um, grace as you should. You know what I mean? And even forgiveness if that's, you know, necessary and if that's the case. So the things that I've been taking as far as reparenting is just, number one, realizing that and being okay with making these certain changes and knowing that at this point in my life, my mother just wants nothing but my happiness. And if me restructuring how I view like discipline once we have kids and if that's what makes you know, us happy in our household, then that's what we got to do. And she's fine with that. Very rarely, I think, is that, is it a full, big on conversation? Like one conversation. I feel like there's very rarely that you have that moment. I feel like what it in reality is, is a constant progress in situations of conversations where you no longer color your thoughts and opinions based on the program that you feel like is acceptable to them. When you start truly being honest to yourself and you say what you feel and what you think and they have to hear those words and not the words that they expect you to say I think that's when you slowly introduce who you are as a person to your parent because then they can be like I've had these conversations with my mom not about myself but about like my sibling and she's like well he's not you know the person I raised or the boy I raised and I'm like yeah yeah, there you go he's not the boy you raised he is a grown man now with what he did learn from you and what you instilled with him, but also his own life experiences, his own viewpoints in the world. Like quit looking at him as the three, four year old boy that you raised and accept him as the man that he is today, because those might not always mesh together. You might be surprised at the thoughts that he has now. So when you slowly show your parent who you are, yeah, there might be a little incongruence with that. Yeah, they might be a little upset, but you're being honest to yourself and you're being honest to them and they can determine what they want to do with that information. And it may surprise both you and them in creating a more beautiful, fulfilling relationship between the two of you. Okay, y'all have just taken me to like... So many new places. And I'm just like, Lord. Okay. So what blueprint do you want to leave for your children? I want, because when I hear a blueprint, I feel like I hear foundation. So the foundation that I want to leave for my children is that they were honest with themselves in the world. They were educated on their decisions that they're made and that they're supported. I feel like if they, if my child has those three things and can pass those on to his children and pass those on to his their children, then the route might be a little bit easier. It might be a little bit easier for them to be their most full and authentic self. And it might be a little bit easier for me to parent him and him to parent his kids because they've given them that space and that foundation. I think the blueprint that I would like to leave our kids is morality and authenticity. And when I say morality, I mean making decisions that they themselves and being confident in making decisions that they themselves deem morally right. Is this morally right or is this morally wrong? Whatever that morality is for them, not what I think their morals should be, not what with- a religion thinks not what their dad thinks, but if they themselves feel like a decision, a choice, a circumstance, a situation is morally correct for them, then go forth and live and experience and do whatever it is that you desire to do, and then that will help build that foundation of them being able to live authentically who they are and speak authentically who they are, even as a child and going up. I, want us to be able to provide a space for them to express themselves hence why I can't wait to pass down this like written language that my dad created being able to you know express themselves being able to clearly communicate and articulate their own thoughts and their own um, emotions really put words to their feelings and to the experiences that they have as they continue to grow and understand really early on who they are and how they change and things like that that's definitely I think a blueprint that will help them at all stages of their life and with different relationships that they're in or friendships, work relationships, or what have you, and be able to then provide a blueprint that they can pass on to the next generation and so on and so forth. Okay. So wrapping this episode up, both of y'all just hearing from both of y'all experiences. One thing that is standing out in my mind that I um, keep going back to is what's called the four T's by Myron Golden of like teach train transition trust meaning you have to train your child first then you teach your child then you transition and then you trust and if we're looking at it over like the child development scheme I mean lifespan right it's like you're training because they're little they got to learn how to walk they got to do all this and then now when about three to five three to six now you're teaching. Teaching them. They're going into that exploration, they're exploring. Now you're teaching. And teaching can go a long way, right? But then once they become adolescents, you're hoping and praying (laughs) that now you're transitioning them. So now everything that you instilled, that foundation, that blueprint is now being tested. So you're transitioning them, but then as they are an adult and go to college, now you're trusting that everything that you have put down is the foundation. And now you're trusting them to go out into the world, to make those moral decisions, to be their authentic selves, to live the best life, but also like you said, they have like passing all of those down to the next generation so with wrapping this up what is one thing you would tell (laughs) tell your younger self about just your appearance so what I would tell little nay that sounds so funny to say Like going back to the past and being like one random person to Lene, be like, hey, girl, your parents need you to tell them stuff. Like they need your honesty. They need your thoughts. They need your
1: opinions
0: because it's going to help them better parent you. But it's also going to help you be the best version of you quicker. (laughs) So like, girl, it's okay if you get it wrong. It's okay if you don't know the right words. Just say it and y'all will work through the rest. But that's what I would tell little Nay. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of spot on. Very similarly- I would tell the younger version of myself that you have a really important like voice and that needs to be shared it's okay that it's maybe different from other people's but it's important and it's helpful thank you I would say to younger Nakai is honestly just be you like be you and your true authentic weird awkward black girl self and don't really care what other people say with that I am going to transition us into a word from our sponsors
1: hey beautifuls this message is brought to you by the grass is greener on the other side where we help women who have anger sadness and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence restore their peace and attract the life of their dreams we can be found on ig at brianna underscore latrice that's spelled b-r-i-a-i-n-a underscore And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, Using Your Past as a Reference, Not a Residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a DM at Brianna underscore Latrice. See you on the call.
0: So that was such a good topic and I love it. And I want to transition us into moments of melanation. Moments Moments of melanation. Melanation. So today in Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting a Black person that's doing their damn thing. Today, we are highlighting... We're highlighting the sugar. OMG, you guys. I love this podcast so much. Their tagline is A Brown Mom's Guide to the Sweet Life. And it is hosted by actual Tamika Sumter and Entertainment Executive Ty Randolph. And it started right before the Pan- panorama and I found it when I was beginning my mommy journey and it's just so helpful because they say each week listeners can laugh learn love and instead of spilling the tea share the sugar by celebrating sisterhood and motherhood the thing I love most about this in addition to being two black women is that it talks about anything and everything related to being a black mom from challenges with conception to trauma trauma-free parenting to death to body changes that happen before during and after you become a mom and relationship dynamic changes so dynamics between your friends your significant others and kind of with yourself it has celebrity guests medical slash expert professionals from the field of their topics and they're on season five can be found anywhere podcast can be streamed i just think it's a great podcast it's very helpful relatable but what I love about this is because of the space it creates for Black moms and moms of the global majority. Too many times the parenting space is middle class and white. So ladies, what? how do y'all feel about new spaces opening up for moms and dads that look like us to talk about our issues and the things that we go through in this journey of parenting? I am here for it like y'all already know i'm here for everything black so (laughs) but i am so here for one specifically because i don't i don't feel like for fathers black fathers i feel like they fathers in general i feel like they don't really have a space for themselves And then when you funnel that down into black active fathers, it's a smaller base. And I know like a lot of, some of my friends who have children, my male friends who have children say like, they just wish they had like a support group, like black moms. Like you can go like black moms can go on Facebook or they can find support. But I also think it's just women supporting women. And it's like, you have these black dads, active black dads. Let me put that in there. And they are just like, I'm here, but their support support system is small so I am all here for it and I'm gonna say yes keep doing your thing. I agree I think it's cool to have a space where these topics can be discussed that happen you know because they happen that's just it's part of life excuse me and having it from the what do you call it the the lens of a black woman or a black father I think is also really important I love that there is a space where these conversations can happen because although parenting in the grand scheme of things in some cases and circumstances can be generalized, it's very specific and it's very particular when you are a Black parent parenting Black children, especially in this country. That's a different experience. Not everybody has that experience. And to be able to have a platform where these experiences can be shared, where this information can be shared because you know they have experts like you said and and experiences from other celebrity guests and things like that it's awesome that they're able to share these things where we know as a community that they happen and we may not always talk about them but we know that they exist so being able to have a platform where these conversations can happen and then can thus be shared with the masses I think is great and I hope that they continue to provide such an opportunity and a platform for conversations as such yes and because like you said um there are some diseases illnesses situations that happen to a plethora of moms but the prevalence and everything are higher with black moms like the maternal mortality rate Mm -hmm. during pregnancy and even childbirthing, like the infant infant more y'all know what it is um preeclampsia like fibroids, like all of these issues that hit Black women really hard. And it's also like a stigma in the veil. We know it goes on in our community, but there are a few spaces where we can have open, honest, non judgmental conversations about it to show people hey, these things are happening to us. It may be happening to you, and it's okay because you have a supportive team of sister friends behind you rallying for you and who have experienced it just like you so you're not alone I think that is the most beautiful thing out of this it makes you feel like you are not alone like when you want to put your kid in the room because they're screaming so much that's okay is your child safe are you creating a space for both of y'all to be safe that's fine put the child in the room <laughs> put the child in the room yeah I am just thinking of like what you just said of just having sister circles because I think of when my friend went into labor last year, she went into labor a month early. And so like her whole entire birth plan, all of us being there, like coming from different states, was like thrown out the window but what was beautiful beautiful in that whole entire situation is we all rallied really quickly even if we even with all of us being in different states of like making sure she was okay plus it was COVID so only one person could be present right so making sure she was okay making sure like DoorDash and like food was delivered making sure like we had people coming to clean the house like making sure all, all the things that she didn't have to think about or have to worry about were taken care of but also just just being there. Like I know she is the first one out of this particular uh, friend group to have a kid. So all of us were like well we don't really know what to tell you because we ain't, we ain't got a kid out of our vagina so we don't really know. But the beauty of it was I have a friend that's a doula. So I'm calling her on the phone like hey this is what's going on like help me. What do I say to her? And my friend is like telling me like hey say this say this. But my friend also had a doula like when we first found out she was pregnant I was like you're getting a doula. I don't care if I have to pay For you're getting a doula why because you're you're a black woman and that that says it all (laughs) like um because originally she wanted me to be in the room because she was like nakai you have a voice and you will you will be the one to tell the doctor what are you doing why are you doing that don't do that and she was like because sometimes when you think about it if you're not in that hospital setting or you're not used to being in a hospital setting, most people would think like, oh, it's the doctor. The doctor knows everything. And I, she knows that my background childlike specialist, I'm like, I will challenge a doctor in a heartbeat. Tell me why you did this. What is the reason why? You know, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not there. But all in all, going back to like having that sister support circle is vital. And I think I'm glad that y'all gonna be there when I have my twins or my Sarah gonna have my twins, but um, like, but having that sister support circle to me is vital and having this space for you to like just express and talk and everything I think is needed because you may not everybody may not have friends that they can go to but I can listen to this podcast and we are quote-unquote friends in the virtual in my virtual mind right and I'm thinking also being able to share the resources as well the experiences that they've had going through womanhood going through mommyhood and all of the ups and downs that those things bring and being able to bring resources you know virtually so to speak and letting like letting people know You could go to such and such site or such and such page or whatever for information on X, Y, Z, because that helps bring one thing that I think a a lot of the Black community lacks, which is access and access to resources and access to certain tools and access to certain information. So having the space where we can not only have that sister circle and have that support for the experiences that you go through, but also then share the resources. I went through such and such. I got my information from here. I got my help from X, Y, Z check it out and see if that works for you and just being able to share that because once we have access then we really have there, there's really no limit to the things that we are able to do for ourselves and our communities you are so right Sunny D access is everything like oh it is but I also want to thank both of y'all because I feel like this is a episode that was really needed <laughs> And it's so great. And as you all know, we end every single episode with an affirmation. And today's affirmation is my inner child would be proud of the person I am today,
1: which Aww, is so fitting. Really talking
0: like about that. talking about childhood and parenting, the version of you that is walking in the world today is a version that little you would be proud of. So no matter what it took to get you from little you to big you, it was worth it because they're proud of you. Today. Oh, that's beautiful because it really is. You need to always keep that inner child with you, right? So thank y'all again for this episode today. And listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. Please interact with us on all uh, social medias, on our website, whereismyblueternpod.com. Check out the blog and listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts. And with that, we want to say thank you. And we are over and out. Bye. Peace out. We'll mm-hmm.